My name is Stevie Richards and I'm the owner and founder of Stevie Richards Fitness. I started Stevie Richards Fitness with one simple mission statement, to help others. I know what it's like to be injured. I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be in pain each and every day of your life. I also know how to modify to overcome that pain, to overcome that discomfort, to overcome your injuries. And that's why I created the programs I did at Stevie Richards Fitness. Every single exercise has a modification. Everything can be successfully completed, no matter your age or fitness level. And that's what I infused in the 12 and 16 week resistance band training programs to pass along to you at an affordable, accessible price. Believe in yourself because I believe in you and I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Voices of Misery podcast. This show isn't for the easily offended, so PC Police on Patrol stand by. You've been warned. Now let's join the nerd and nerdette with another podcast for that ass. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Voices of Misery podcast. I'm not going to do a time or a date because this one is probably going to be posted during the vacation time because we do have a vacation coming up in a couple of weeks and uh, we're not going to be putting out that many shows that are live or done fresh. So we're going to have a couple in the can and this is one of them. This is a podcast I've been very excited to do for a very long time. This one is a interview with a homeless woman named Mary. Um, she is a very good sport for wanting to do this podcast, and I appreciate her for coming on and sharing her experiences in life as a homeless woman. Um, it's it's um, something I've always been wanting to, to talk about because I had a short little stint of, of like a couple of weeks where, you know, like we were transitioning. We, we had a house fire and things were going on with our family. You know, I'll talk about that in another podcast. But... I just wanted to have conversations with people when I created this podcast about their life experiences and things like that. And um, this is definitely one of the, the topics I wanted to cover. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Mary on the line and we're going to have a conversation here on the Voices of Misery podcast. And uh, please uh, rate five stars on iTunes. And if you don't have iTunes, you know, we're on Podbean as well. And we're on every major podcast provider. So leave us some feedback on this one because this is something I really feel passionate about. So uh, without further ado, here's Mary. All right, guys, I'm here with Mary. Thank you for coming on, Mary. Thank you for having me. Well, you know what? When I reached out to you, uh, the reason why I did so was because I was on the Reddit page. And what I was doing was looking for interesting people to talk to and... The reason why I made the podcast is because I wanted to have conversations with people from different backgrounds and, you know, just all sorts of different experiences in life because I've had a pretty crazy life myself, which I do talk about in my show, but your story really touched me and I just, I don't know, something drew me to you and I'm very glad that we were able to connect and link up and I think this is going to be a really good show. 
Yeah, um, sorry I couldn't do it earlier. Things got really bad just after, just after that happened. Um, which, being homeless, that happens sometimes. You just go through really hard spells. Oh, trust um, me. Trust me. I understand. It's life, and I'm just glad that we were able to connect again because it's been a couple of weeks, I believe, since, since we last made contact. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I've been having to focus on getting food. Um, I had made plans to do a charity walk to Fort Bragg, and I had invested money last month into doing this walk and then found out I couldn't do it because it would mess my housing up, and it really threw me off for the rest of the month. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, let's start here. Um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, I'm 34. Okay. Uh, where are you from? Like, where do you currently reside right now? Like, what state are you in? I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, but I'm right now I'm in uh, Los Angeles, California. I got to Los Angeles here on a Greyhound bus. I was living in the woods in Florida on some property that my grandmother left me, and one day I just decided it was too hot and I needed to get out of Florida before it got hotter. So I just left on foot and I got up through Savannah, Georgia, and my friends online put money together and put me on the Greyhound bus here to California because they said that California would be better for me. Of course. I mean, ideally, if you're homeless, you kind of want to be around, you know, like you, you don't want to be somewhere where they have harsh winters, obviously. Um, I'm originally from New York in the yeah. New Jersey area, so I could not imagine the winter months. So you made a wise choice for sure. How did you end up in this predicament? Um, well, I have PTSD from multiple uh, events in my life. I was raised by drug addicts. I was born in a car. Oh, no. My parents were drug addicts to the point that my mom wouldn't even go to the hospital to have me because my dad was convinced that me and my sister would be taken away if she had me in a hospital. So I wound up being born in a car. Holy shit. Wow, so it was just a rocky beginning. And, uh, yeah, and my childhood from there left me with PTSD. Um, because my parents were drug addicts and I went back and forth from my parents to my grandmother who she loved me and she took care of me but she was abusive in her own way was she like mentally abusive or physically yeah I was never good enough for her I was always uh, once I hit puberty I became too fat and she always told me if I didn't lose weight no man would ever want me I would never find anybody she oh always God. told me that nobody was ever going to love me the way that she did anyways, so... Now, let me ask you this. Was she, um, like, did she have anybody in her life, or were, the, or were you the only one with her? Because I'm thinking maybe she latched onto you because she didn't have anybody else and maybe made you feel bad so she wouldn't be left alone. Um, the last few years, the last decade, it was just me and her, but when I was born, she had my grandfather, and... What happened there was she married my grandfather very late in life. He was her second husband, and she was his fifth wife. Oh, my God. They bounced around a lot, huh? He was a good man. All of his ex-wives passed away, unfortunately. It wasn't that they left him. Now, but now what about her, though? Because she had a couple of marriages as well that failed. So maybe she was just right. um, afraid to be alone. She was... 
her first husband was very abusive. She had five children with him, all girls. And he was abusive until she left when she decided her children were old enough to take care of themselves. Okay. And when I came into the picture, I was born in her car. And it was a way of her having a child with my grandfather because they were at the age where they couldn't have a child together. So when I was with them on the weekends, it really, they did treat me like I was their daughter. And people in the area thought that I was. Oh, okay, okay. So... She, she was very possessive about me, and it caused the rest of the family to not like me. And, um... Were they jealous, after or...? She, yeah, my family, it, because of the drug addiction, I think, partially, my family is very jealous. Um, because most drug addicts get that way. They become very childish and very jealous and very, you know... It, it only they matter. Sure. What kind of drugs were they on? Um, the last I heard, the aunt that took the most from me was on fentanyl. Oh, oh my God! That, that's just shit that Michael Jackson got killed by, wasn't it? Fentanyl was yeah. yeah. Oh my let me, God. Let me move closer to the store because I'm losing um, signal a little bit. Oh sure, that's fine. That's fine. Um. So after. My childhood, um, I grew up, you know, having PTSD, but mostly normal. I fell in love with a man and got married, and he beat me for four years, and I basically just let him because that's all I knew. You know, that's what oh I that's what I thought being a wife was. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, that's what you grew up around, and the thing about a lot of people out there that they don't understand they kind of wonder why people are, you know, like, why is this person homeless? Why is this person that way? Why, like, why is this person in jail? They don't understand that they were molded from a young age to be this way. It's like, if something traumatizing happens when you're a kid, it's going to affect you later on in life. You know, like I remember horrible shit that was said to me when I was a kid. I mean, it wasn't to the extent of what happened with you, obviously. I mean, God bless you for, you know, still being able to, you know, get up and take care of yourself. But Holy crap! I, I I just couldn't imagine that, you know. And you were getting beaten and thinking that was that was something that was normal. Oh my God! It's just absolutely insane. Yeah, I had to work at the same time. I was actually at that time I was holding two jobs for the entire four years I was married. I was holding two jobs. I was taking care of both of us. Like I thought I was doing pretty well in life when I was. 19 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, two jobs at 19. You know what I was doing at 19? I was getting drunk every night, and I couldn't hold a job for more than two weeks. So. I had two jobs, I had a husband, and it seemed normal to me. I. Um, How old was he? He was a little older. I was 19 when we married. He was 24. Okay, so there, there wasn't that big of an age gap. I mean, that's pretty normal. Five, five years isn't too bad. Right. What so, had eventually... What came between us was my my dad uh, committed suicide, oh. and yeah. during the emotional issues that I went through during that, we sat down and had a long talk, and he explained to me why he was the way he was. He explained to me why he was so aggressive and mean, and 
it was because he was trying to be something that he wasn't. See, my ex-husband was transgender. He wanted to be a woman. And he had been put in mental hospitals and sent to gay camps to be fixed. And he believed that he had to be aggressive and he had to keep his woman in line. The only reason he married me was because he needed everybody to believe that that it worked, that he was fixed. He would have a wife and be normal. Oh, so he was aggressive because because that's how the stereotypical man role, you know, probably in his mind was or her mind. Did he ever transition? Yeah. Is he transitioning? Last I now? heard, oh. yes. Oh, okay. Well, good for him or her. Uh, I'm not sure like what pronoun they want to go by. So, just you know, I don't want to call him a him or a her. And not sure, but I mean, is he... I get confused myself with it because I don't want to be offensive, but at the same time, I'm always going to see him as my ex-husband. Exactly. It's a very touchy subject. <laughs> even though I have met him uh, as a woman. Sure. It's still not the same for me. Sure. So, so I tried. Oh yeah. So, um, like, so you've been out and about, like you've been homeless for a while now, right? For for. Yeah. Um. Well, after see, after I left my husband, I found a living job as a caregiver for a woman who had cerebral palsy, and. Um, don't take jobs off Craigslist, first off. This oh, is <laughs> the preface to this part of the story. <laughs> jobs on Craigslist are not safe. But I took a job off of Craigslist to have a place to live, and it was a caregiver job. My brother, my little brother had cerebral palsy, so I had already had a lifetime of experience with this particular disorder. Gotcha, gotcha. So... Like you sound like a very intelligent woman, and it's 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 just like it's just crazy to me because like when you think of a homeless person, you immediately have like this this image in your head of like some guy with a gruff beard who's got like a a stick with his belongings on the other end of the stick walking through, you know, and it, it's, it's yeah, you no, know, I don't carry a bindle, but I got a backpack. <laughs> like. Like, you sound like a very smart person. You can probably get yourself out of the situation. Is it just because, like, do you think any kind of complacency is taking effect? Or, like, do you really, or do you just find well, it hard because it's, it's tough to get your feet together? Because of my PTSD, my nerves are, I'm not able to work anymore. Um, because the job that I took off of Craigslist ended in murder. And I was held captive for five weeks. And since then... It's been really hard for me because now the smallest stress causes me to completely break down. And you can't hold a job if you can't handle any stress at all. Because the, if somebody yells at you and you start crying, you're going to get fired. Oh, my God. Of course. Hey, uh, can you go back and, and, and tell that story about how it ended in murder, if you don't mind? Well, yeah. Um, like I said, I took the job. as a caregiver to take care of this woman who had cerebral palsy and I was there for a couple of months and then her boyfriend decided that he wanted to be with me and I wouldn't be with him and he wouldn't let me leave um what had happened he took me to my grandmother's for my birthday and 
she took us to dinner and everything and I asked him to just leave me there to that I told him you know I was quitting to just leave me there at my grandmother's and he told me if I didn't get in the truck with him he would kill my grandmother so god I rode back with him and when we got back to the house he locked the truck and he told me to stay there that if I got out of the truck an alarm would go off when he came back out of the house, she was dead. He had uh, strangled her. And he tied me to a bed in the bedroom. And I stayed there for the first three weeks. And um, after that, I started gaining his trust so that I could have more freedom to move around. And I was able to escape after five weeks and go to the police. So wait, a second, wait a second, he had you tied to a bed? Yeah. How did you, like, did he ever let you off, off to go to the bathroom, or did you just sleep on the floor next to the bed while you're yeah. still tied up, or, like, was it? He let me move, he let me move around when he was there, as long as I wasn't far away from him, but sometimes he would punish me by leaving me tied up oh and not feeding me. Or beating me. Now, how old um, was he? How old was he? Yes. He was, I believe, in his 40s, but I don't remember. Um, and everything that he originally told me was a lie. I found out that his name was not even his name after I turned him into the police. Because he had told me that his name was Brian, but when they picked him up, he found out that his name was Kenneth, and he was a sexual predator. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, so, everything that he had originally told me was a lie. So, I don't even know what the truth about him was, you know? This is, this is um, truly unbelievable, and it's amazing how you're still, like, you know, this around. This was in 2009. This so, happened in 2009, and then after that I had moved with my grandmother, and for the past, from 2009 until 2015, when she passed away, I li it was just me and her. Okay, okay. And that, that's really where the problem came in, because those are the years, the, right after 2009 I should have been going to therapy and forcing myself to go out and socialize and be around people but instead I hold myself up with an old woman that was dying and I just didn't leave until we needed food or necessities sure. and uh, it got harder for me to socialize and be around people I just walled myself up well that's understandable so yeah, and then in 2015, when I became homeless, I had no friends and no nobody I could turn to. That's got to make it difficult. So, do you travel alone, or, I mean, is there, like, a community that you can kind of get with, you know, like the... Right now, I'm by myself. I had a friend for a little bit, but he uh, was addicted to meth, and his delusions amped up my... Um, your anxiety my own issues too much sure they were they were causing me a lot of problems so we decided it would be better to split ways 
I mean, the thing I is... Am, yeah. I am seeing a doctor and a therapist, though, and taking medication. And they're working on getting me housing. It takes a long time. Oh my but God. if I wait, eventually I'll have my own apartment with a kitchen and a bathroom and everything. Now, I know you mentioned that you were doing some work on the side, too. Um, is that something you, you can go into a little bit? You were doing something with television yeah. shows, right? I used to work, and um, they've, they're not booking me right now, but I used to be, they would pay me to be in the audience for TV show tapings. Um, I've been, I was on, um, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I did a lot of the show Common Knowledge with Joey Fatone. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of shows I did that you might actually have seen because I did oh, a lot I've of seen shows of those. that were like on the Game Show Network. So like, what kind of process um, is that? Because like, I'm trying to like wrap my head around it a little bit, and like, you are homeless, so like, you do sleep on the streets, correct? Um. I have a tent. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's something I do want to go into because that tent story is the one that really gripped me, and I want to touch on that a little bit, but. Right, um, I have a tent that it's actually been stolen a couple of times, and every couple of nights somebody will try to come in on me, but one night a couple of weeks ago, it's been about a month ago now, um, I woke up and there was something touching me, and at first I ignored it, I didn't know what was happening because my medication, it sedates me, so it took a little bit for my mind to understand that something was touching me. And then when I finally did, I screamed, and I saw an arm fly out of a hole that had been made in my tent. And I, I got a good, I, I looked at the hole, and somebody, it had been burned. It looked like he had used a cigar or a blunt, yeah. and he had burned a large hole in my tent and another one up higher so he could see what he was doing. Oh my! So was this a homeless person, or just a was this like another homeless guy, or just somebody just wandering the woods, or someone that I, knew who you were? I assume he was homeless. Shit. I assume all of the men that do the homeless. There's like seventy-five thousand homeless people in Los Angeles right now. Very expensive so, to live there. I kind of assume everybody's homeless. <laughs> Well, well, you also got to figure, too, like, that's the land of dreams and opportunity, you know? A lot of people just take a bus out there thinking they're going to be the next big TV star, and they fail, and before you know it, they're not making any money, and they're homeless. So I'm sure a lot of people, probably the people that you see around in, in your circle, are probably failed actors or whatever, you know? So it's it, it doesn't surprise yeah. you the number's so high. Well, it's also, it's easy to get help here, and it's not as easy in other states. Like... When I was in Florida, when I first became homeless in Florida, there was no help for me. They wouldn't even let me get food stamps unless I could work. Um, I think it was like 30 hours a month or something, and I'm not able to work at all. But in Florida, it didn't matter. They said that if I wanted food stamps, I would have to find a way to work. So I couldn't even get that there. Here in California, I've got food stamps, I've got um, Medi-Cal, I get general relief, I've got a doctor and a therapist and medication and soon housing. These are all things that I could not have had in Florida. 
So how do you make ends meet right now? Do you get money from the government anyway? Because like you are yeah. disabled with the PTSD, um, you can't work. Well, I get general relief, What's which is exactly? two hundred and twenty dollars a month. Oh, that's nowhere near. I mean, like you need more than that a week to survive. You know where I'm living, and I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and two hundred twenty bucks is nothing a month. That's the rest. The rest of it goes. Um, it depends on what, how I'm feeling, and how many people are out. If uh, it's an exceptionally busy day out on Hollywood Boulevard, see, I take the train to Hollywood Boulevard every day where the Walk of Fame is, the stars. Okay. And I either collect recycling, or if there's too many people already doing recycling. I will sit out with a sign, and I try to make a funny sign because people are more likely to donate if you can make them laugh. Um, <laughs> the last week I had, I was out there with a sign that said, "Need trip for need money for trip to Area 51," oh, and I had awesome. drawn a picture of an alien. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and that earned me about ten dollars a day, which is all I really need to get by. Um, it's a little more expensive for me because I have to be gluten free. I recently started getting sick. Um, my hair f fell out. Oh no! And I had to I had to stop eating gluten to keep my hair. Oh my goodness! Uh, so ten dollars a day? Like what? What can ten dollars a day possibly do? Like like what's it like? Do you go to like the dollar menu at McDonald's to get something to eat? And like like what can I cover exactly? Um, not McDonald's, no, but I can go to Carl's Jr. and get a burger as a wrap. Okay. Since I can't eat bread. So what do you only and eat? Fries. Like, and fries. So you only eat like once a day then, or? Yeah, normally I'll eat once a day, and normally it's at night because I have to take my medication with food or I get sick. So Shit. if it's been a good week and I have a little extra money I'll have lunch but normally I'll wait until about six o'clock at night and have my first and only meal of the day oh my god I'm I'm so sorry to hear that Marion so do you have any family that you can reach out to or anybody that can help out is there anyone left I I have a ton of family but none of them care about me enough to help me um, when my grandmother passed away she had 37 grandchildren. 37 that's, grandchildren? That's 37 cousins out there that I have that have basically just abandoned me to die. They blame me for my grandmother dying, um, and they, they, they say that they're done with me. But what really, they took everything that was supposed to be left to me, and then they just ran off that when my grandmother passed away in her will i was supposed to get the condo the jeep like three hundred thousand dollars that was in the bank account and my aunts came and said that there was no will the will didn't exist and they just divided everything she had up amongst the family and told me they didn't care what happened to me isn't that screwed up how that happens in life when 
A family can be very close-knit. The second someone passes away, everyone's got their hand out. Everybody wants their piece of the pie, and they all turn on each other. It's like all the knives come from behind the back, and they're all just stabbing each other because they all want something. People are greedy by nature. And so I, it, it just sucks that you didn't get anything because, I mean, you have a really good head on your shoulders. And it doesn't sound like I'm talking to a homeless person right now. You, you, you're very smart. You're cognizant. You're aware of everything. Uh, so I've, I've been homeless now for about four years. November of this year will be uh, four years that I've been on the streets. I mean, so you probably had people come and go in your life a lot over those four years. Is there anyone that stands out that you've met over those four years that um, has gotten better and gotten out of that environment? Um, no, because the only people I've met since then was uh, here in California. The peop- I didn't know any other homeless people in Florida. And I've only met two here in California. One was my friend who I run into from time to time, and he seems like he's doing okay, but he is still on the streets. And the other was a man who said he was my friend, but then, like, he had come and made a video about me one night and said that he wanted to make a GoFundMe to help me, and he was going to do all those, like, technical things with the video and add music and make it nice. Okay. And I found out that he was intending to use any money he got to get himself out of trouble because he was having some legal issues they were trying to force him into rehab and he thought he could pay his way out of it if he got enough money through the gofundme that he created for me because he said that i had a good enough story people would donate if i would set up a gofundme oh that's bullshit. you see and the problem is is like people take what they have for granted like I was complaining this morning to my wife that, you know, I was like, oh, man, I can only buy a small bottle of vodka today and not a large bottle of vodka. When you have people that are, like, having real-life problems like yourself, you know, where it's like, where am I going to sleep tonight? Am I going to be safe tonight? That kind of thing. And it's like it really puts things in perspective. And I'm hoping that my audience is hearing this right now. And maybe, you know, they're going to complain a little bit less about their situations in life. Like, maybe your job doesn't suck that much. Maybe your apartment isn't that small. Maybe your car isn't that much of a piece of shit or whatever, you know? I mean, people always have it worse. So that's what yeah, I kind of want people to, you know, take Sorry. Things. No, go go right ahead. This is your show. Go right ahead. I'm bad at interrupting. I'm sorry. No, no, no. The please. Makes, please go ahead. The tent often gives me the illusion that I'm safe, but at the same time, at least once a week, uh, a man will try to come into it and... It's always terrifying. Um, I the, I keep my tent where I do because it's right in front of a bowling alley where there's a, a security guard outside all night. So if I start screaming, I know that somebody will hear me. And it's had to happen a couple of times where somebody tried to come in on me and I started screaming and they came over to help me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you have, like, a knife or anything that you can, you know, protect yourself with? Um... No, because I used to self-harm, so I don't keep sharp objects to deter myself from self-harming. Well, you are very, you are very smart. You're very aware. What about like a Walmart? Do you think like a Walmart? Because I know they leave the lights on in their parking lot areas, and people with RVs can camp out. Is that something you think you would be able to? Yeah. Like go there maybe or? The closest one is gonna be um, in Burbank, and that's a bit far away from my doctor's office. I like to stay near my doctor. 
but I'm actually next week I'm going to be going to Walmart because I've ordered a minion costume and <laughs> next week to make money I'm going to be walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard in an inflatable minion costume. I think I think that would be <laughs> if I saw someone with a minion costume that that would be amazing. And you don't sound to me, like you're gonna take the money and use it for booze or or drugs, because a lot of times, because we see oh. homeless people here a lot in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and it's like the first inclination is like, oh, they're gonna buy booze, they're gonna buy drugs. But you don't sound like a that. A lot you, of it will be spent on weed. Hey, you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with that, young but lady. <laughs> that's legal where I live. You know what? Me and you should talk because off camera because I need some gummies. <laughs> We can uh, we we can work together here, you know. Right. <laughs> I actually have a friend that lives out there in California. She she lives out there in L.A. or I, I think she lives in L.A. now. She bounced around a little bit, and she was telling me that there's a dispensary on every corner. Basically, is that something you think you'd be able to the, to do for a living? Because you know, like that, I I don't know what kind yeah, of license I, you need, but maybe that'd be a good what's profession. What's funny? What's funny is there are dispensaries everywhere, but there are still people out here that sell it on the street, too. Wow. I, I don't know why and, you would do that. Like, uh, when I'm out on Hollywood Boulevard, I'll always run into at least three people that are out there making money by selling weed on the street. And it's like, why? <laughs> it's like why, <laughs> why wouldn't people just go to the dispensary and get a normal price? Yeah, well, but it happens. It's it's still a thing. <laughs> it's it reminds me of the old prohibition days with alcohol. You know, it's like all right, you, you have to go to some speakeasy somewhere and buy it in the basement, and or otherwise, if you get seen with it, you're going to get castrated. That's what happens here. We have a thing called CBD, which is basically I'm, I'm sure you've heard of CBD yeah. if you know about marijuana, and it it just doesn't touch the real thing. I have very high anxiety myself, so I I, I take CBD, but I would love to get the real thing and. Eventually, it's going to become legal it's everywhere. It's not that it's... It's not that it's not the real thing. It's just that it's not THC, which is the component that gets you high. The CBD is the component that will help with the medical issues. Exactly. Both are included. Both chemicals are in marijuana, but they can extract the CBD so that you don't get high from it. It's the THC that you want. <laughs> For sure. Now, now I want to get back to living in a tent, if you don't mind, real quick, because uh, you had the tent and you had the guys, you know, like they were going after you. Now, being a woman. Sorry, you're breaking up again. I can't hardly hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I just want to get back to the whole living in a tent. Try one more time. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me better now? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, it just keeps breaking up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Like, I'm. I'm inside. I got a really good connection right now. Is it possible that, um, like, like what's yours? Is, is yours good right now or no? Is your connection? It good? hasn't gone off. Okay. Well, and like I did tell my audience beforehand in my little introduction for the show that we're gonna have a little bit of technical difficulties and, you know, because of the situation, obviously, you know, I mean, with the circumstances being what they are. Obviously, it's going to be a little difficult, you know, that maintain a strong connection like they're used to hearing. So. Right, it seems better now. Oh, fantastic. So I do want to ask you about being in the woods. Uh, have you ever had any confrontations with, like, animals out there? Because there's a lot of different animals. You guys got coyotes out there in, uh, you know, in California and all sorts of crazy shit going on. Have um, you ever had to defend yourself against wild animals? I'm actually 
I'm actually not in the woods. I've got my tent on a sidewalk. Oh, okay. But I have stayed out in the mountains once. Um, one night, me and my friend, we went up to Griffith Park, and we walked off the trail and found a spot to put our blankets down just up on a mountain. And we laid there and listened to the wolves howl all night. We saw deer run across. We saw all kinds of animals. It was a little bit scary, but it wasn't nearly as scary as the men that are out on these streets. I think that I would trust a wolf more than I would trust a man at this point in my life. Sure, words were never spoken, Mary. I'll tell you that. No. We are... We are, you know, pretty bad, especially in desperate situations. So, I mean, like, I was a young man at one point. You know, like, I'm 37 years old now. So, I remember, you know, being homeless at a very short stint in my life. I was about, I was only homeless for about two weeks. We, we had a house fire. And I uh, was in 14 without a place to live for a couple of weeks. And I remember being very desperate and just feeling stupid and shit. Like, I, of course, didn't attack other people because I was doing something uh, where I would like go to a, a friend's house and he had a shed in his backyard and I would like climb the fence at like one o'clock in the morning, sleep in the shed and be out before people woke up and just kind of wander the streets. So I didn't have, you know, a, a very long stint out like you did. So being a woman and I'm just bringing it back here because my mind wanders. I have really bad anxiety. So I, you know, I ask you for your forgiveness Sorry. on that. You know, like my mind just darts all over the place and my listeners are very familiar with that. But being a woman, like, do you feel like, um, you're at a disadvantage out there because you are alone and like do you feel like you have to have your guard up against everybody at all times um a little bit what's it's probably sounds stupid i feel like i'm at a, a disadvantage because i can't grow facial hair and that's how a lot of men look more homeless <laughs> people will judge people will judge a man as being homeless for just by what his facial hair looks like <laughs> and as a as a woman, it's hard for me to look homeless, so I'll constantly have people just, like, kind of stare at me and say, well, you don't look homeless. And I'm like, what What? What, what can I do to look homeless? You want me to go smear some mud on my face? <laughs> Maybe put a needle in my arm? Would that make me look homeless enough? Like, <laughs> but I get it. I get all the time people condescendingly telling me that I don't look homeless and I never know what to say to that because if I did look homeless I couldn't work and do the jobs that I do when they when they book me to do the studio audience job I have to look professional and I have to be clean so how do you maintain I can't that? um I have I am able to get showers once a week at my doctor's office, and um, I can go downtown to the showers there uh, once or twice a week when I feel like I need to. Now, you guys have beaches I, out there, obviously. You're in California. Don't they have, like, the uh, showers outside of the beach where people normally, like, like wash the sand yeah. off their bodies? I don't go to the beach much because... I lived on an island for almost a decade in Florida. Just above Jacksonville, there's Fernandina Beach, okay. Amelia Island. I lived there for very near a decade, and I just got, I'm tired of beaches. So I've only been to the beach here once, and that was, I went to Venice Beach once, trying to get money with a sign. Jesus. But for the most part, I stay away from the beaches. I stay in Holly, I stay near Hollywood. Now, do you see a way out of this situation? Do you see, like, a light at the end of the tunnel? How do you think the story of Mary is going to end? 
Well, I'm hoping that the internet is going to be my savior because um, I have a YouTube channel, and when I get into my apartment, my doctor's office is going to give me. Um, I'm planning on investing in buying a laptop and doing reaction videos and trying to make money by having a channel on YouTube. What is your YouTube channel, by the way? Uh, it's same as my Reddit, Adrasdia. If you search Adrasdia, you'll find me at Facebook, you'll find my Recolor, you'll find my Twitter, you'll find my YouTube. So that is A-D-R-A-S-D-E-A, everybody. So I want everyone to check that out immediately. So wait, you have a Twitter page, you got a YouTube channel. Being homeless and... Yeah, I don't don't use the Twitter much. I have an Instagram too, but I don't use it very much. You know what? Being, but I do have the name. <laughs> there you go. That's that's what you gotta do. Marketing and branding. Keep that name. Don't let anyone else take it. So being homeless in 2019 is a lot different than being homeless in you know 2000 or 1980. You know, it's like you can actually have internet now, which is amazing. Because right now we're talking across the country via the internet. Yeah. It's insane. And even if I wasn't at Starbucks, it would be a possibility because the phone I have has data. And it's a free phone. The government gave me this phone. And it has data on it so that I can talk to people even when I'm not at Starbucks. I just don't – try. I try not to use it up. The funny thing is, is, like, I have friends that aren't homeless that don't have cell phones. So it's amazing that, like, you have a phone and you're able to do the things that you do. It's, 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 it's fucking crazy. And I do want to. The phone is one of the benefits of being in California that I wasn't able to get in Florida because I applied for the free phone service in Florida and was denied. In California, gonna... they stand out on air and throw them in your faces. Well, what kind of phone is it? It's a Alcatel. Okay. Uh, an LG, I guess, or Android. It's not like an iPhone or nothing. Okay. Okay, but okay. it is a smartphone. It connects to the internet and it's got a touch screen. So, so I want to go back to the GoFundMe real quick. Did you get anything out of that at all, or did the guy just kind of the guy that um, was going to say? I don't that? know. I don't know whether he ever made it. The last I had heard, he had been forced into rehab. Oh Jesus. Um, I've made a couple of GoFundMe's for myself that raised a little bit. And I've got one that I'm going to be promoting as soon as I get in my apartment to get furniture for the apartment and maybe a laptop. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to start one for you. And I'm not going to be like this other guy. Trust me. It's just going to be strictly for you. I mean, if you don't mind, that is. I mean, like I would like to create something. But, hey, help out my new friend here, Mary. Anything helps. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to make being a minion. I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more than I was making with the sign. If, if you charge pitchers, like, $5 a pitcher yeah. with, like, kids or something like that, that'd be kind of cool. Like, who wouldn't want their pitcher taken with a minion? I think $5 is a bit much. Mostly I'll just ask for donations of any size. But there's a lot of competition out there because we've got three Spider-Men on Hollywood Boulevard right now. Are any of them, like, fat or are they all, like, fit Spider-Men? Do they look like they could play him in a movie? No. No, they all look good. The, the big guy is Chewbacca. We've got two <laughs> Chewbaccas. Oh, my God. So what's an average day like for you? Um, well, I spend most of my morning up at Starbucks charging up devices, and I have a coffee. So that's three of my $10 a day gone is just by my coffee in the morning. 
Hey, sometimes you need that pick-me-up. So what else do you do with your day? Like, you said you collect cans. Do you have a bike or anything? Do you, like, try no, to... No, I used to have a shopping cart. I got rid of it because I decided that um, I wasn't going to be doing the recycling as much. Mostly now, I'll sit out with a sign on Hollywood Boulevard. For most of the day, I've just, as soon as I leave Starbucks, I'll walk up to the train station and jump on the train up to Hollywood Boulevard. And I'll stay there until about 5 or 6 in the afternoon. Okay. Now, what kind of stuff do you see? Ex- no, I'm, go, go right ahead. Uh, I was going to say, except on Wednesdays when I have therapy and showers. Oh, sure, sure. Now, let me ask you this, though. Um, are there any, like, do you feel like you get propositioned a lot because, like, you're on the street? Like, do you find men, like, trying to... Like proposition you Some, for prostitution or anything? Uh, sometimes I've had like men will wave money at me, and then when I go over to get it, they'll ask me, you know, how much for a blowjob or this or that, or tell me they have a car or something, and I'll I'll just walk away from them because oh, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. But it happens. Um, I'll just be walking down the street and have somebody scream at me. Actually, on my YouTube somewhere, there's a video. I was making a video, and some guy was honking and yelling at me, asking if I wanted to do uh, drugs with him. And I turned the camera on him. And he probably took off. I'm sure his wife saw that video, too. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah, he took off. Oh, God. Because, like, you you, you, you go right ahead. it, It happens a lot, but... And the other day, I was going to get on the train, and an elderly man, he was walking up to me smiling. He said he liked my hair, and he had his hand out, and I thought he just wanted to shake my hand. So I reached to shake his hand, and he pulled me to him, and he went to kiss me. And it, it that really upset me for a while. That is a whole perception issue, and the reason I say that is because, like, people look at homeless, they think they're, like, so far above them that they can do whatever they want without repercussion, because, like, they see homeless people and they think they don't matter, like, they're invisible, you know? And and, um, and it, it's, it's such a sad thing to hear the experiences that you go through on a daily basis. It, 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 it really sucks, and, like, I'm really pulling for you, and I hope, you know, things turn around. Do you have a plan set in motion or anything like that, or are you just going to just keep going day by day and hope for the best? Right now, I'm going day by day, waiting to get into the apartment. As soon as my housing changes, I think that things will change a lot for me, um, because I'll I'll feel safer owning things that I can keep locked up, and um, I'll feel I'll feel safer in general once I get into my apartment. And it should be soon. They've been working on it for a while now. Now, what are the chances of this actually happening? Because, like, you gotta constantly worry, like, am I just a name in a file cabinet somewhere, or are they actually going to, like, follow through? Like, how much of a priority do you think this is for the people that are taking care of the case? Well, I know that my therapist, who is also my caseworker, is working really hard on getting me indoors. They've got the, uh, the apartment is open. What it is, is my doctor's office, they have their own private SRO, which is their own private apartment building. And there is a vacant apartment in it. They're waiting They're waiting for maintenance to okay it. And as soon as maintenance okays it, they have me specifically lined up to be matched to it. They've been holding it for me. 
okay, okay. Well, I, I, I really hope that works out for you because it's, it's, it's absolutely fucking insane. And just living on the streets, you would think in 2019, with the kind of government that we have and the way that the USA proudly, you know, says that, hey, everyone has a chance here. It's like you got a bunch of faceless people, and you and you live on the street. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous in a land of opportunity with the economy booming the way it is that we still leave people behind. You know, there's so much money there out there. There are there are actually more opportunities for people who are on the street because I could go to school for free right now if I wanted to because I'm homeless. Um, I haven't because I don't actually think I'm smart enough to to handle college. I would but like to disagree. If I wanted to, you sound very intelligent. If I wanted to go to college or a trade school, I could do that for free right now. Well, I'm a big so, proponent of trade schools because you can learn something in life that will actually affect and, and get you a job in something that you can actually you know do, and they train you specifically for that job. I I, I love trade school. I went to one. I've thought about it. I just haven't figured out what I might be able to do because my my nerves are extremely bad. This I, I try to just ignore everything and focus on one thing in the future that I can get to, and that's the only way I can get through. If I don't, I'll just completely break down. Do you think that's something you can overcome? The whole I'm nerve. hoping one day. I'm hoping one day, but it'll take time, and it's not right now. Well, I mean, I think once you get into the apartment and things start settling in for you, you know, you can have a good night's sleep without, you know, sleeping with one eye open, so to speak, and having to worry about people and just, like, what their ulterior motives are for you and things like that. I think it'll it'll start to slowly get better because everyone has stresses in life, no matter how, you know, much money or money you don't have and stuff like that. I mean, there's always something that keeps you feeling like, you know, you know, things can't get any worse, but there's always a there's always something you can latch on to that can help you kind of get out of that dark spot that you're in in life. And I think you getting that apartment and, you know, getting a steady job and things like that will really help you out and it'll really change your mental psyche and how you feel about everything. I think so, too. It's just um, I'm not going to know until it happens and we're not there yet. So I'm, I'm as much as I'm wanting it to happen, I'm also not putting all of my hopes into it because I know that things sometimes don't happen. Yeah, you're right about that. Sometimes There's a lot of disappointment. Sometimes they take a long, long time. Oh, yeah. So how much do you travel with when you're traveling around? Like what's in your book bag? Do you have like a spare clothes like soap? toothbrush toothpaste yeah i keep i keep the toothbrush toothpaste a spare outfit um i try to keep my work dress because i have one dress that i specifically wear when i do jobs just in case i manage to get booked and because my clothes get stolen a lot people will go into my tent and just take whatever they want and I want to make sure I always have a work dress because I can get booked at any time. So I carry that with me. Um, I keep crayons and markers. So if I pick up a piece of cardboard or I buy a piece of um, uh, construction paper, I can make a new sign on the fly. Okay, well, um, that makes plenty of sense. Yeah, sure. And yarn and crochet hooks. I crochet, so I've always got a work in progress on me. So what is it like? I mean, is it just like pure loneliness? Because like you are traveling by yourself and 
I'd imagine that, you know, you, you said you sleep out in the street with, with, with a tent, so you're not out in the woods and things like that. So is there a community um, around you of people that just kind of like converge in one area or is it just you? There, there's other homeless people around, but I don't really talk to them. Um, but I don't really feel lonely either because before I was homeless, it was just me and my grandmother for so long and the people online. And I've grown very used to just having my friends online to talk to, and I still have them. So I have no reason to feel lonely because I've gotten used to not having real people. I've gotten used to just having people online, and they'll always be there as long as my phone will connect to the Internet. Sure, and and I'm telling you, there's internets everywhere, so you will never lose your friends. And I hope I can consider myself one of your new friends, and I would like to help and, you out in some way if I can. You know, hopefully one day I'll make a real friend. But I don't. I I didn't really even have friends growing up. I've never really been the type that made friends easily, so I don't really know how to friend. <laughs> I, All of um, my friends have kind of taken advantage <laughs> of me, and it's I'm uh, kind of okay with letting them go yeah, we have, most of the time. We have a lot in common, way more than you think, Miss Mary, I'll tell you that. So <laughs> I don't like people as much, though. I, uh, I, I haven't had a friend in a very long time, and there are people have been tr- have tried to be my friends, but I kind of turned them away because like everyone has an ulterior motive. Everybody wants something eventually, and I just don't have anything to give. You know what I mean? I don't want to give anybody anything. So... I I completely understand that. What's the rest of your day going to be like? Like, what are you going to do for the rest of the day today? Um, well, when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to go buy a piece of poster board to make a new sign. And then I'm going to spend the day out on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, today specifically, I'm trying to make enough money to go to a movie tomorrow because I want to go see scary stories to tell in the dark. I never heard of that. What, What the hell is that about? Um, it's from a book series that I read when I was a child by Alvin Schwartz, and it was a series of short, scary stories for children. So they're all different shorts, like, um, the girl that wakes up with the spider's egg in her face. Oh, okay, okay. The egg hatches and all these spiders come out of her face. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Miss Mary. This is not what I expected. I didn't think someone as intelligent as you, a nice, well-read woman who has a good head in her shoulders and wants to work, would be homeless. It, it just it, it boggles my mind right now. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm stunned, to be honest with you. Because every single homeless There's person I've ever of... came around was just crazy. Like, crazy people screaming at each other and themselves and shit like that. Like, having sex in the streets, having, like, wild animals on a leash, things like that, you know? I think that's the difference between being in Los Angeles and being homeless anywhere else because there are so many homeless here that there is a lot that they're not completely gone and but then there's a a whole bunch of others that you know will stand and stare at a wall and start screaming. Yeah, every single one I've seen. So let me ask you this though, Um, do the police bother you at all? Do you get harassed? Um, I don't, I try not to interact with the police, but yeah, yesterday was a bad day with me and the police because yesterday they did a random cleanup 
And what that means is they come with dump trucks and they take your tent and throw it in the garbage if you don't pick it up. Oh, that's And uh, when I walked up and I saw him, I, I, I asked what was happening and he got out of his car with a baton in his hand. And, you know, I don't understand why they have to be so aggressive about it. You know, well, it's like you have little to guy get out with, a, with the baton. Yeah, it's like a little man with a bad syndrome. That's what it is. I mean, you, you got to understand that a lot of these cops are a bunch of high school, you know, losers that get some kind of authority and they want to, you know, assert that authority once they get it. So, I mean, the, yeah, the, that's just what it is. The first time I interacted with the cops here in California last year, one of my uh, a tent was stolen from me. It was stolen before we even got to use it. And I called the police and I was upset and the police took me to the station in handcuffs and handcuffed me to a bench for three hours because I was upset. And from what I found out later, it wasn't because I was upset. It was because I wasn't in their system and they needed they needed to know who I was. Um, What was fucked up about that? Sorry to cuss, but they kept offering me food. They never gave me. Oh, goodness. Like, three or four times that woman offered me a burrito, and she never gave me no burrito. <laughs> now, oh, my God. It's just, like, your whole story has just so many different ways to go. Like, I, I don't even know where to go next, because, like, you had a screwed-up childhood. You had, you had people get murdered. You had people trying to molest you. It's like, oh, my God. Like, how the hell do you go yeah. on? How do you go on? Like, how, like what do you my- hold on to? just life my life has always been this way so for me it would be weird if my life was normal because this is normal to me so if that makes sense no no it makes perfect sense so when you're like laying down in your tent Uh, about to go to sleep at night like what do you think about what goes through your head try not to think i do my best just to not think i smoke until my brain fogs up and <laughs> like my my recent thing i've been watching futurama i'm just watching through the series i download episodes up here and then i watch them later on my phone okay. so while i'm eating and taking my medicine i'll just watch futurama until i feel like i can't stay awake anymore and then i let myself fall asleep like, I don't give myself time without noise going on to distract me because I don't like really putting a lot of thought into what's actually going on. I like distracting myself as much as possible. So even when I'm sitting out with a sign, I'll play music and I'll laugh. And I'm not, I'm not focusing on what's happening. I'm just focusing on the music that's playing. Of course. And... So, do you find yourself, like, kind of, I, I guess the word I'm looking for is relapsing. Let's say you get this apartment, you get a job. Do you find yourself being able to acclimate again in regular society as far as being a, like, productive, I guess, like, that's a horrible word to use, but productive, like, work a nine to five, you come home to your apartment? Or do you think you're you're, um, you're so far removed that you can't get back into that? Honestly, I don't know. I'm hoping that I'll be able to transition and be um, a working class citizen one day. But I've kind of decided that I would also be okay being a drifter, just traveling the world. 
and that I'm staying in Los Angeles right now is because it would mess my housing up if I left. But like last month, I was fully planning to just leave on foot and walk to try to make money for uh, the Trevor Project just because I was going crazy and I would prefer to be traveling. Sure, sure. If the uh, housing, if it, if I, I, I told my therapist last week, if the housing takes too long, you know, there might come a day where I decide that I just don't want to wait anymore and I just leave on foot and start traveling. Well, I'll tell you what, it's it, it's it's not all that's cracked up to be when you work, you know, forty hours a week and having a house because my like I I was on Credit Karma. Are you familiar with the Credit Karma app? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. So I'm not. Uh, I don't have good credit karma. Oh, me neither. <laughs> so you can see how much debt that you owe. And I've recently purchased a house. I purchased a car and all this other stuff, right? I'm $164,000 that I owe, and I feel like I'm gonna pay that until I die. So it's like, it's you always. And this is a story that I was told, and I tell this one on the podcast quite a few times. I'm not sure if you heard it, so stop me if you have. Where there's like a homeless guy, and he's laying on the bench, right? He looks over and he sees a guy on a bike and he's like, man, I wish I had a bike. The guy on the bike rides up a block and he looks over and sees someone in a piece of shit car and he's like, man, I wish I had a car. The guy in a piece of shit car drives up and he sees someone in like a Dodge Viper. He's like, man, I wish I had a Dodge Viper. The Dodge Viper sees somebody else and he's like, man, I wish I had that. And then the person who has that sees the guy on a homeless bench, you know, and he's like, man, I wish I didn't have this debt. So everyone envies each other for, you know, what they don't have or what they want replaced in their life. So it's it, no matter where you are in life, as long as you're happy and as long as you're content with what you have, I think that's the real meaning of happiness because we all start as babies and we all die with nothing. So where you are in life, where I am in life, wherever someone that's listening is in life, it really doesn't matter because it all ends the same way. That's the way I see it, at least. You know? right. And you can't take it with you and they can't once you're gone. Exactly. Um, they can't take something you don't have anyway. So you should try to just be happy with what you have. But, you know, uh, that's hard because with the is these days and envious of somebody that has something else. And that's just that's the way that we're kind of raised to be by watching TV and being told this is what you want to look like, this is what you want to have this is what happy people do and what really bothers me with that is how many people are alcoholics because TV told them this is what normal happy people do you know, normal moms, they drink wine all day, this is normal this is fine, and so now you've got people that are just drunk all the time and they think this is normal, this is fine Exactly. This is what they do. This is what they do on TV all day. That is a fantastic point that you brought up because I was watching some old uh, black and white TV shows like The Twilight Zone, and everyone was smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes is healthy. It's fun. It's cool. If you smoke a cigarette, you look the, awesome. And everyone's got cancer. The Flintstones used to promote cigarettes. Oh yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. Hell yeah. And do you remember um, Joe Camel? I remember? love Lucy. Oh god. I love Lucy. Used to have their own commercials and promote cigarettes with Lucy sitting on. Yeah. Sitting on Ricky's lap, bringing him a cigarette, lighting up yeah. like a good 50s housewife should. Exactly. They used to pause, and then they would go into the cigarette commercial. The same thing with Ralph Cramden and the Honeymooners. They did the same thing. Remember that? Yeah, I 
used to watch those shows with my mom and dad when I was a kid. And so did I. You see, we're not that different after all, are we? Even even 30 years after their, their time, kids were still being raised with those morals. <laughs> exactly. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, if you had to pick one thing in life that you would change, like, or, or, or have, like, not... It can't be something easy like money or a house or anything like that. Is there one simple request that you wish you could have right now, like a better tent or a weapon or a companion? Is there anything you wish you could have? A friend, probably. Um, I don't know if I would want a boyfriend or a husband, but I, 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 I would like to have an actual friend that I know that I could rely on, that I could talk to and be with, and I wouldn't have to worry about what they're thinking about me or what they're saying about me or what they're plotting against me or how they're going to take from me or use me. I mean, you have a really good head on your shoulders. Do you think that part of the problem of not having a friend would be because, like, you're not trusting because of your past, um, you know, in, encounters in life with people that it's just hard for you to trust them? Because I can't imagine yeah, people not wanting to be your friend. It's extremely hard for me to trust people, so I don't really try to make friends. It's... I could probably, you know, there are people that are just very outgoing and friendly and they'll walk up to anybody and start talking to them and I'm not that person. I won't talk to you unless you come up to me and then I'll probably be very silent <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I fucking hate those kinds of people, the ones that are like so outgoing and it's like, oh my God, will you tone it the fuck down? Please tone it down, you know? I hate that shit. <laughs> I, I was on the train the other day and I was holding my alien sign and it was standing room only and there was a man that was drunk and he was talking to this other guy that had just got off work he was a tourist uh, a tour seller you know the starline tours yeah. and um the drunk guy just kept talking to him and kept talking to him and the tour line guy was trying to be polite but really not wanting to talk to the guy <laughs> and the drunk was he says something like you know you never know where life is going to lead you or something and i said yeah, you could wind up on a train talking to a drunk. <laughs> and excellent. The, the tour guy just about died laughing, and the drunk turned around and he looked at me and he said, what do you do? And I proudly held up my sign and said, I'm homeless. <laughs> oh, my God, that is crazy. You are... Yeah, I, I really honestly believe and like we've only been talking now for about an hour so we don't really know each other that well obviously you know we just met but i can see good things in your future because you have a good you have a really good head in your shoulders like you have a good outlook on life you're very intelligent you haven't fallen down that trap you're not the stereotypical homeless person and i'm extremely excited and happy and grateful that you shared your story with us and i would like to extend an invitation I'm going to, like, we have each other as friends on Discord, and I would like for us to continue talking, and I want to hear updates about your life, because I care. I mean, like, I, I feel bad for, you know, your, your situation, but I know you're going to come out of it stronger because you're a very smart person. Thank you. So I would like to, uh, you know, just touch base once in a while and just, you know, so we can kind of, you know, just see how you're doing, and I would like to give updates to my audience because it, it's a very touching story, and... Well, um, yeah, any platform, any platform that you request to be my friend on, I'll add you. Well, sure, of course. Um, yeah, like this has been a really good interview, and and I'm very happy that you know you gave me the chance to do this for you. 
And I would like to set up a GoFundMe page. Um, I'm going to put this out there and just see what kind of traction it can pick up. You know, of course, all proceeds would go to you because, I mean, like, I'm I'm doing okay. My, You know, my life sucks right now, but everyone's life sucks. And eventually you die anyway. So if you can help someone else and do something positive to impact someone else's life, I think that's all that matters. Well, the... Um the biggest things that I'm going to be needing is going to be furniture for the apartment when I get it and a laptop so that I can start doing more things online. Oh. So if I get, if you're able to raise anything through GoFundMe, that's probably what it'll mostly go towards. Well, we're friends on Discord, so I'm going to send you updates. I'm going to give you the username and password for the Discord, or I'm sorry, not for the Discord, but the uh, GoFundMe. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to post a link to this podcast episode, and hopefully people listen and they you know, are inclined to help you out because you deserve it. And you are not the kind of person, because everyone has a stigma in their head. Oh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. They think of like a hobo drinking booze out of a brown paper bag outside of a train station, pissing themselves and raping each other and shit like that, doing drugs and just not wanting to do anything. But you have a good head on your shoulders, and I really hope the best for you, Mary. Thank you. And we will. It was nice talking to you. Oh, for sure. We're definitely going to stay in touch. And uh, we were live on Twitch. Can you believe it? We had a lot of listeners in on this one. Do you know what Twitch really? is? Oh, yeah. Twitch is like this platform. I don't I've know never it's... used Twitch before. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are touched by your story. And we are going to post this today, hopefully. And, uh, you know, like I said, please stay in touch. I would like to hear from you, you know, at least, at least minimum once a week because I want to know how you're doing. And, um,. After, sure. And after we get off here, I'm going to send you a message because I think maybe, you know, I might be able to help you out a little bit today. So we'll see what happens, Mary. I'll, uh, I'll let you know how the minion costume does and send you a picture of me in it. Oh, please, please do. Please do. I would love to see it. And if you're okay with it, I'll post it on Twitter so all our fans can uh, check it out. Do you have any parting words or anything that you want to plug or promote or anything like that? Um, just... Be good to each other. Everybody's going through their own stuff, and sometimes even if somebody is an asshole to you, it might just be because they're going through something of their own. So don't take it too much to heart. Beautiful words to part with. Do you have any like websites or anything you want to plug and promote? Like anything at all? No, not really. All right, well, fair enough. And I will definitely be putting updates on our website and things like that. And um, for sure, like we are going to set up that GoFundMe page. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but I'm going to send you that link within the next couple of days because I have to. I, I got a lot of my plate coming up and a lot of dumb shit, obviously, like nothing too serious. But I'm, I'm going to set that up and we're going to see what we can do and see if we can help you out a little bit. But I will be messaging you after this podcast, so just keep an eye out, please. I will. Thank you. All right, Mary. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Bye bye. Be safe. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mary. Holy shit, man. What a touching story. And I know that, like, the quality wasn't that great, but the thing about it is, like, she's homeless. I mean, like, fuck, she's homeless, dude. Like, she doesn't really have, you know, a good place to have Wi-Fi. She doesn't have a lot of, you know, shit going on. We got disconnected once on the podcast. There was trains going on, people talking. But that's what happens when you talk to a fucking homeless person, dude. Like, they're not going to have the best setup. She doesn't have a personal Wi-Fi hotspot or a car to sit in or something like that. Nowhere private to go. But, yeah, like, I'm on cloud nine right now. And not because I got to interview someone that I, you know, uh, wanted to interview, but because I made a new friend, you know, like someone who has a good head in her shoulders. And I hope that her story inspires others to not 
take what they have for granted and to not be pieces of shit. Because sometimes I take life for granted and I'm going to use this, this podcast and this lesson with Mary to kind of, you know, like make my life better and appreciate the things that I have more because sure I do have debt in my house. But the thing is, is like, I have a house, I have a car, I have a job, I've got people that love me, I have a nice wife, I've got a, uh, nice kids, I've got things that I appreciate. She has nothing and she's happy. You know, you motherfuckers out there that are complaining about everything all the goddamn time need to just take a, a step back, listen to this podcast again and again and again a couple of times until you realize that life isn't that bad after all. So I will take this podcast and I will listen to it again myself and I will remind myself every single day how lucky I am. And there will be a GoFundMe page, and I implore everyone out there to, um, you know, share it, retweet it, help her out because she deserves it. And you guys don't know me. I'm 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 just a guy you listen to on the podcast airwaves or whatever. Uh, she will be getting 100% of the proceeds of anything that happens. I'm going to give her the username and profile, uh, login, whatever, password, shit. And we're going to try to help her out as much as possible. I have her information. We're going to be talking, uh, you know, on our Discord chat or whatever. And I hope this helps her out because she deserves it. And she's a good person. Man. And um, so am I. And so are you. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on voicesofmisery.podbean.com, on twitch.tv slash voicesofmiserypodcast, and at voicesofmisery on twitter.com. Ladies and gentlemen... This has been the Voices of Misery podcast, and I'll tell you what, man. Please help her out. I'm going to message her right now. I'm going to send her a little something-something because that's the kind of guy that I am. So we'll talk to you later, people. Peace. We love you. Yes, it is I, Bin Hameen, commanding all of you to join the wrestling revolution, the underground of media, and follow our brothers at Voices of Misery on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast because they support HackerHameen.Podbean.com and you will go support VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com because there is no more misery when you leave those FM Mark channels and you join the media underground of Voices of Misery and HackerHameen.Podbean.com. Rise and praise, y'all. <laughs>